Welcome listeners, it's time for another week at Windsor. I'm your host Arden Beach, Dr. J. Hello once again. Great to be back. How are you doing Arden? Pretty good, pretty good. A little tired after staying up all night long for the funeral last night. Yeah, how special is that? Yeah, the passing of Queen Elizabeth II. What time did everything finish? I must confess I tapped out a bit earlier. What impressed you most about it? I think just how well oiled that whole machine was. Mm. Like the, it didn't seem to be a foot or, or a button out of place. Mm. Everything was just amazing. I wondered sort of towards the end there just how long they'd actually been practicing this whole event. This, you know, this isn't like a, a one week kind of throw this thing together. I think things have been in motion for, for some time. It was it was an amazing, well old machine. I don't know if I, they said this on the broadcast or somebody just mentioned it to me, but it was striking to me that what makes it a state funeral, one of the things that makes it a state funeral is that they actually carry, they actually pull the cart yes. with humans. I thought, wow. And many of them. Many of them. Many of them. Tell me what it's like. I mean, I'm an American. It's very strange for me to, to think of the sovereign as anything more than kind of a, a figurehead. Uh, you know, Someone you escaped from. Well, yeah. <laughs> my my forebears uh, but but yeah t- tell me a bit about like what's that like for you what does the queen mean to you and what would you associate the queen with i notice people talk about her positively you know there's normally an edginess to australian culture no one attributes that towards the queen certainly with my english heritage it's just been part of our history i think for me personally these days i don't know for australia the monarchy has whole lot of relevance it's it's something perhaps that we enjoy having as as being australians we like the the monarchy in theory and that kind of thing but in terms of a day-to-day role i'm not sure how really they important they are in the life of every australian it was interesting chatting with a lady from work uh throughout the week after the queen had died uh, she was from a, another part of the world originally. And just raising the issue that for for herself and for a large portion of the world, they're really not big fans of the British monarchy. This, this is a, a nation that over hundreds of years have tried to colonise and, and take mm-hmm. over parts of the world around, you know, all over the globe. And so for a big part of the world's population, a very valid opinion or view of the the monarchy and the queen is is not a positive one Mm. um so that was quite interesting to 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 chat to her about one of the things that struck me the most was just hearing first corinthians read in that environment yeah and and listening to the words of paul about the resurrection of christ and just the gospel of all things being put under the feet of christ who will deliver the kingdom back to god the father was there's something just about hearing the word read, which was really inspiring. Thinking about here we are, all the pomp and circumstance, all the tabloids, all the all the discussion that goes on, and here we are, everyone's quiet, everyone is somber, and we're listening to the words of Paul as he explains the gospel. Although I did note something that was interesting, I don't know if you caught this, but right when it got to the meat of that passage, whoever was running the camera, right when it was getting to Christ's role in delivering everything over the camera subtly shifted off of the speaker and moved towards the coffin. And I thought, <laughs> it's interesting, interesting. I suppose they're used to it. They've lived it their whole lives. But for the royal family, it must have just been the most bizarre experience to to share what would normally just be a personal, very private kind of experience. 
with a global audience. I, I understand they had an, a, like a separate ceremony just for family later, but just what a bizarre, a bizarre feeling to have you know your mum, your grandma, mm. paraded in in front of the, the global audience like that. Yeah, I saw pictures of was it Princess Charlotte? Is it yeah, the Charlotte? little one? Yeah, the little one just in tears, and somebody had said, you know, for the world, this is this woman's a queen, but this she's a great grandma. You know, and and to watch those very human emotions attached to something that has such a broader significance uh, was powerful for me. Even the queuing up that the British population did. You know, I, saw, I don't know if you saw about David Beckham. Did you did you watch? Did you see I, I, about saw, that? I saw a photo, like a headline of him somewhere. Yeah, yeah, twelve hours. Fancy that! Like you get in the queue and. There you go. You're next to David Beckham for the next 12 hours. You know, and I, I saw footage of the very last lady they let in, and there were still hundreds of people behind her, and, oh. and they just said, "Look, you're the last one," and and everyone just like was brokenhearted that they oh. missed out. There were still hundreds of people. You know, sermon illustration right there. There you go. <laughs> Sorry, that's an <laughs> annoying pastor parlor trick. <laughs> that that is a good one though. Perhaps by the by the time folks have heard this, you will be long gone from our shores. It's that is quite possible, yeah. Uh, yeah, we fly out uh, in, in a couple days, yeah. So we're still waiting on the Australian government to <laughs> finish finish renewing a passport. Uh, so yeah. we've it's really coming down to the line, yes. I here's how often we've contacted this government agency. I walked in the walked in the door today, and all I heard was this faint music coming from upstairs. And I recognized it was the hold music for the passport office of Australia. <laughs> I said, oh, I know that tune. <laughs> I know where that is. So, yeah. No, look, we're uh, appreciative of, you know, many people's prayers. And obviously it's all in God's hands. And I think it's going to be fine. But getting ready to fly back. And um, we worked out the seating arrangements for the kids on the plane. You know, that's something that gets negotiated quite uh, specifically. Mom and dad are up the front in business. <laughs> yeah, no, we're... we're <laughs> We will have our hands full with some with some parenting business, but no, we're definitely not in business class. We've taken out a whole row, and we might, you know, based on how the how the how our passengers or fellow passengers feel we're behaving, we might, you know, vacate a whole area depending on how noisy we are. Some of the conversations we've had, but no, it's a great privilege, and really, really looking forward to going back. And you you're sort of all over the place once you get there, aren't you? Yeah, it's a so a world tour. Yeah, we, we we got plans. You know, we'll sort of bookend the trip in California with my folks, where I grew up. Um, sort of a week at the front and a week at the back, and then uh, in between, we're we're set to go visit some relatives across. Um, yeah, across different states, we're gonna go visit. Um, we're gonna go see Pastor Jeff, who used to used to be pastor of this church. We'll, we'll spend some time with him and Aubrey and the family in Chicago. Got a couple of nephews that have been born I haven't seen. Uh, my parents haven't seen my kids stateside for over for about six years. So okay. yeah, it should be a real, real rejuvenating time, but it got me thinking about culture and cross-cultural experiences. Mm-hmm. I think you've shared in the past, some of your experience in America. Um, but uh, when you think about kind of visiting the States, sort of visiting the U S like as an outsider, what are things that just sort of jumped to mind? Like, Oh, this would be on my bucket list if I was visiting the States. If I could go again, I've always wanted to drive down the interstate to the Florida Keys, wow. the, the big interstate that goes over the ocean and joins okay. all the little islands together, all the keys together. Yeah, <laughs> do a road trip down to Key West at the bottom. Wow. I've always wanted to do. The other big one would be to see the like the redwoods and the sequoias and stuff up in Washington State. Yeah, that would be that'd be amazing. How'd you even hear about the 
the whole Florida Key. True lies, man. <laughs> you're, dating, you're dating yourself, aren't you? <laughs> they blew it up. <laughs> but what were some things you remember from the last time you went? One of the big takeaways for me, just as a culture, I think, Americans are incredibly generous, open people. Being invited into people's homes um, for meals and to stay, being billeted, that kind of thing. That's a really interesting observation. That's cool. I like that. I know for us, it's always a bit of, bit of culture shock. Last time I was there, I was actually mistaken for somebody who was born in Australia, and I thought... Okay, this may be this must be good. I'm sort of I'm sort of assimilating to Australian culture. They thought yeah, you're was, really smashing that accent. <laughs> you fit right in. It was <laughs> look. It was a lot stronger when I lived when I lived out in Burke, but but uh, Sydney's kind of I don't know domesticated that accent <laughs> a little bit. But Americans love Australians. I'm yeah. telling you, I was talking to somebody today. They said they'd been uh, they'd been back from Australia uh, from America. They were visiting earlier this year, and they said, yeah, they just wanted me to talk all the time. I said we love it. Honestly, we soak it up. We can't get enough of it. I don't know what it is. It's something that feels kind of edgy but free and fun at the same time. Um, I did. I did have a couple of questions I wanted to ask you. If that's all right, sure. Best and worst thing you ate while you were in America. Oddly enough, one of the best things we had on a trip. This was a missions trip in LA and Mexico back in uh, 2000. One of the best things we had. We went to a, an Ethiopian restaurant. Whoa! And that was amazing because they just do all the food on these giant platters on flatbread on like one giant <laughs> flatbread and everyone just dips in with their hands. Wow. It was quite the experience and really good. Yeah, that, that was probably the best thing. Uh, we had pizza on the beach at Santa Monica Pier. Yep. And that freaked the cops out enough that they brought the chopper around with the spotlight on us. No on the way. Yep. <laughs> just had a little <laughs> campfire on the beach and that was enough to bring the LAPD down. <laughs> Did you go to any churches while you were there? Yeah, we went to a few. We went to um, Saddleback at Irvine. Oh, yeah. Yeah, which was pretty cool. And Massive campus. Huge. Yeah, it's huge. like a whole city. We went to a big African-American church. We went to a little Latino church. We went to one in the inner city in LA that was this multicultural kind of church. And they they did everything in four languages. So the what? So the preacher guy was up the front. He'd, he'd do his thing in the English. I think he started out in English. Yep. They'd have a guy do it, do like a translation in Spanish and then one of the European languages and something else. And so he would say a line or two lines and then it would just go down the thing and it just took forever. <laughs> so the whole thing, everything had four, four yeah, parts. Yeah, yeah. So he, he would do two lines, Spanish guy would go, the other guy would go and so on down the translators and then he'd do another couple of lines and again it would go and yeah. It was, it was a bizarre experience. If you were offered a ticket to a baseball game an NBA basketball game or an NFL football game, which would you take? NBA. Okay. Yeah. Why? If I needed to sleep, I would choose the baseball game. <laughs> what a boring sport that is. <laughs> My word. <laughs> I hear you, man. <laughs> I'm with you. NBA just for the action. Yeah. 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 I, I, I would like to see an NFL game, although yeah. I have heard that college games are better than NFL games. Oh, yeah. Atmosphere. Yeah. Atmosphere is crazy. We should probably talk about some things going on at church. Sure. Are you guys still going to meet while I'm gone? No. <laughs> I really, I honestly don't know how that would make me feel. I mean, I know how it would make me feel. It'd be sad, but it would be like <laughs> so weird. Yeah, everyone, everyone just saving themselves until the leader came back. <laughs> Making up for all those long sermons. But you do have some fill-ins while you're gone. We're not just, we're not left to, it's, mm. as, as sheep in the wilderness. <clears throat> nice fitting transition because we're looking at a, for the next sermon series, we're looking at Amos, which is uh, written by a shepherd. Well, you've got some, you've got some worthy fill-ins. 
Yeah, so Chris Cullen and Stephen Cole are going to be sharing the load. Uh, we're going to be running the same morning and evening, so same message depending on if you go morning or night, so you're not missing out there. That means for evening service, they're going to be taking a break from Luke. We have finished off in the morning service looking at our series, What is the Church? I encourage you to go back and look through that. We spent about 14, 15 weeks uh, digging through the Bible to understand who we are, what our purpose is. But we're moving into this series on Amos, and uh, he's a prophet who is really struck with, uh, he's given a word about the misalignment, I guess, between people's worship and their ethics or their sense of justice. And so it's a very strong uh, word. And I, I, for me, it's a fascinating book because it starts with this picture of God kind of calling for justice and judgment of the neighbors of God's people. And the circle, as he's moving around, slowly gets narrower and narrower until the focus becomes God's judgment on his own people, which I think is healthy for us to remember because often we think, oh, we're God's people. That means we're not judged. And yes, absolutely, there's no condemnation in Christ, but we are under the law of Christ. And there is a sense in which if we are God's people, we ought to reflect his justice and the way that he's called us to live. Uh, and so I, I think I think it's going to be challenging. I think it's going to be uh, exciting and interesting. We are going to have one of the guests that we had here before, Phil Evans. He's going to come fill in for us. Uh, that's going to be towards the end of October. And yeah, uh, Arden, I, I don't know if this is a good time, but I was going to ask you, what about you? Are you ready to come fill in? Well, well I did a, a talk at Youth Group a few weeks back, so I've, I've done my bit for the time being. Yeah. <laughs> Hold on. How, how long are you good for? People say that to me. They're like, oh, I've done my bit. Like, how long does that last for? Years. Oh, come on now. <laughs> <laughs> well, thanks for coming along for one final week before your big break. Yeah, I'm really looking forward to all the people you're going to interview while I'm gone. Look, I'll wait till the big boss comes back. You just, you just we'll, want to bludge, don't you? We'll go on hiatus until the talent comes back. <laughs> no, it's been, uh, it's been really enjoyable to get to do this, and and uh, really just grateful for all the different people that we've had. Uh, especially last week. I encourage you to go back and listen to Eddie's story. It was really, really powerful. All right. Well, thank you, sir. Have a great trip, and we'll um, catch up again when you return. This week at Windsor for another week. Thanks for joining us.